Calling all Swifties and champions of change, Like a Girl Media is rolling out the red carpet for you with our Thrive Like a Girl contest. We're all about celebrating powerful women leaders who inspire us to dream big and push boundaries. And who embodies that spirit more than Taylor Swift herself? Here's your chance to see her live in concert. We're giving away two tickets to Taylor Swift's show in London on Saturday, June 22nd. Imagine being part of the magic, all thanks to Like a Girl Media. Entering is easy. Subscribe, share, and show us which episodes inspired you the most. Visit our website or check our social media for all the details. Don't just dream it, be it. Thrive like a girl and make this summer unforgettable. Contest opens globally. Voidware prohibited. Must be 18 or older to enter. No purchase necessary. Subscribe and share with hashtag thrive like a girl and tag us at like a girl underscore media for entry. Unlimited entries means unlimited chances. Winner chosen at random after contest closes May 20th, 2024. We'll be notified via DM. Make sure your profiles are not private. Check full rules on our site. This is your shot to see Taylor Swift live. Don't miss it. Welcome back. We are at the Hit Like a Girl podcast. My name is Joy Rios, and today we have a very special guest, and it's Nurse Alice. Nurse Alice, I would really like it if you could take a moment to introduce yourself and to give you a little bit of background. On this show, we talk about kind of how healthcare and health IT and like the place where those two meet is a pretty complicated place. So we all kind of hold a piece of the larger puzzle. So if you could kind of help our audience understand your piece in the healthcare puzzle and where you spent the majority of your time in the the healthcare ecosystem, if you will. Sure. First, thank you so much for having me. My name is Alice Benjamin, affectionately known as Nurse Alice, aka America's favorite nurse. Mm -hmm. That was given to me. So I'm not, I don't have a big ego. It's just, I really am flattered to have that title. And a lot of it has to do with the community work that I do with you know, American Heart Association and other community groups. But I am a nurse practitioner, a clinical nurse specialist, and chief nursing officer at nurse.org. And I'm also a medical contributor for NBC4 here in Los Angeles. So I get to wear many hats. I've been a nurse for 24 years and counting. I've loved every single minute of it, working inside the hospital, obviously within the realms of uh, critical care, cardiology, progressive care. That's my, that's my passion, my love but also getting to do a lot of things outside the hospital. So when we talk about ecosystems, it's an interesting place because when you think of nursing, most people gravitate to the hospital, like obviously the hospital. And then now with COVID, we've thought of, oh, you know, working in the communities, in outpatient clinics and things like that. But even as a nurse, you can take your skill set, your knowledge, the nursing process, and really implement it and use it anywhere there are people to help problem solve and make the place a healthier and safer place. And I've had the opportunity being able to do that outside of my work as practitioner doing direct patient care, being able to extend that to helping to educate fellow nurses with my work with nurse.org, which I love doing a lot, you know, educating other nurses about our profession, helping them, you know, with clinical issues, as well as workplace issues, the politics of nursing and things that impact our profession, as well as getting to do education and outreach with NBC for Los Angeles. So getting to do what I think is like patient teaching on television, which is really cool, but also work with American Heart Association and AARP to do community education in public. So I get to talk to people before they become 
our patients. So it's something that I really love. I'm in the, the acute care, critical care space, but I love getting to you know, work full spectrum, getting to outreach and uh, work with people before they enter into our healthcare system. So I have to say, I've just had the most colorful and creative, non-traditional nursing journey, and I've loved every minute of it. Okay, so now I'm curious about the television work. So do you do contribution as a writer? Are you actually on camera? Do you get to, are you one of those like experts that it's at like the six o'clock news? (laughs) Actually, yes. So I am a medical contributor for NB4 Los Angeles. And not to toot my horn, but I'm I'm their go-to. So even before a physician, so I'm actually on air. And I get to talk about important health, wellness issues, medical breakthroughs, updates on anything scientific in the community. So I'm usually on television about at least two times a week. But during the pandemic, I was on literally like four times a day, almost every day, being the face here in Los Angeles to keep you know people who watch NBC day by day what's happening with the pandemic. Everything from when it first started to you know, when the death tolls were rising, what could people do, educating people about how to manage it at home, when vaccines were in the works, when they became available and as it come available in the different stages and when the president got it. So it was just really such a, a great opportunity as a nurse to get to do this and be the person that gets to do the education. Because as nurses, we do this already. We educate our patients, we educate families. So to me, it was an extension of what I, I already do. And I've had a lot of people ask me, well, how did you get to do that job? And because it is a job, I'm actually paid for it, which they don't tell you in nursing school that, oh, you could be a paid medical contributor because we've typically seen physicians do this. But I've just, you know, I think it's through my community work. It started with like the American Heart Association, just being available to teach the community. Um, American Heart invited me to do radio. And then that, that radio turned into occasional television spots about how to be heart healthy. And then I think once producers saw me doing this, they just reached out to me and said, hey, can you come on our show and talk about X, Y, and Z? And it unraveled into, you know, first an occasional here and that show kind of all over the place. And then, but I've gotten to do national shows. So when Dr. Oz was on, The Doctors, I've done several different morning radio shows. And now, but my home station is NBC4 Los Angeles. And I've gotten, when I do stories, what's the cool thing about it is other affiliates in Tennessee, Cincinnati, like they pick up the stories that I share. So it feels good that I get to do, you know, educate people before they come my patients, but then also as a nurse, role model this for other people who are aspiring to be nurses or who are nurses to, and for the, to teach the public that, hey, nurses are very well equip, equipped to be leaders and educators in the community. And we should, you know, really listen to nurses. Well, nurses have so much opportunity. I mean, I've met several who travel, like that's a big part. They're traveling nurses. I actually am, my home base is in Baja, California, Mexico. And so I was fortunate to meet some nurses who were working with the program, like international work, where they were coming supporting like the immigrant or refugee community that's down here. And talking with them, I was like, oh, they're, they're going all over the world. Like there's, there's a ton of opportunity for nurses. So do you have to balance your media profile and like working in with patients? I do. And the thing is, I never, so when I started to do it, I just thought of it as like, oh, I'm doing community service. I'm doing, you know, just education of patients. So it's really kind of an interesting mind twist to say, think that I'm a television personality. It's just like, I just can't even fathom that. I just know that I'm a nurse. I know that I'm a nurse and I love talking to people before they become my patients. But definitely, I mean, when I'm at work, I'm at work, I have to stay focused. But television is can sometimes be so sporadic and so irregular 
So like, for example, when the president, uh, president at the time, President Trump had got COVID, I got a call right away. Hey, Alice, you know, President Trump was just diagnosed with COVID. Can you come on and talk about it? So there are times where I can't do it because I'm really at work. And there are times where I make it work, where, you know, I I take it, I literally will take a break at work, go outside and do a television hit. During the pandemic, I was also working at a federal COVID testing site. And, you know, the COVID site wanted press about, you know, hey, let public know that we're here to service them, let us know. So NBC very often would come to our testing site. I would do education about this is what the testing process looks like. Don't be afraid. And, you know, to help people feel at ease. So I think I've been able to strike a good balance between workplace and um, television. I'm going to knock on some wood here because it's just it just seemed to work out for me. That's amazing. But you also support other nurses. It's not just community, right? I was on nurse.org today and looking at some of the resources that you have for people who want to advance their career. And can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yes. So I came to start working with nurse.org. I think now it's about two, almost three years now. Um, started off as a contributor wanting to just share my experience as a nurse to, you know, to help others. Because I recall in my baby nurse years, not always having a mentor or someone at my workplace who I felt comfortable talking to, because sometimes you want to talk about certain, you know, issues or you don't want to complain, but you have questions about certain issues and how to navigate through challenging politics on the unit. And, you know, and so I always, I struggled a little bit. I always had to find someone who totally never didn't work in my hospital, which is sometimes hard or, find someone in a different industry and kind of parallel the professional problem solving. And so I thought to myself, you know what? I want to help other nurses get through some of these stumbling blocks that I went, I've been through. So with nurse.org, I oftentimes share some of my own challenges and things that I went through as an example so people can learn through that. And then I also offer other expertise when it comes to clinical issues, professional advancement, letting people know about all the different options there are in your nursing profession and to also empower nurses because oftentimes we're told what to do. We're kind of, you go through nursing school and we're kind of ushered into like, oh, med surge. You know, we're like there's only one thing to do. But in reality, there are so many needs. The public has so many different needs in so many different areas and not everyone is meant to work in med surge. Some, some people do really well in home health. Some people do really well at skilled nursing homes. Some people do really well in schools. And so, you know, helping to just break the glass, if you will, to help nurses grow in the areas in which they find that they're most passionate about and to remove the stigma of that there is this one specific career ladder that you must do to get to here. And um, so it's, it's been really fun, actually, to be able to kind of be like a virtual mentor to love nurses with, with through nurse.org. I mean, nurse.org is such a great resource. And I just try to also champion the existing content that they have as well. Yeah. I mean, I'm, we're all about that here at like a girl of just like, how do we identify the different paths? Because I think a lot of times when people entering their careers and if they're thinking they're going into healthcare, they might only think of, you know, I can be a nurse or a doctor. And you're just like, oh my God, there's so many other career opportunities in our field. So I'm glad that you're ushering folks in the way that you are. You had touched on something a minute ago around the politics of nursing. And I know that 
you know, especially during the pandemic, there was like all the nurses are our heroes. I mean, from the inside, can you share some of your experience about what that felt like to have a spotlight on you during that time? And did it, I don't know, did it feel genuine? Did it, like, how did it feel? Well, I think when the, when the pandemic first started, you know, nurses, because I, and I always like to say this, hospitals are only able to exist because of the 24-hour nursing care that it's provided. Why every health professional is an important part of the team after the surgeon has done the surgery, who's doing the aftercare? When, you know, the patient comes in and they're sick and they get the medication they needed, who's doing the continuous aftercare and the con- 24-hour surveillance and treatment and all of those things nurses are. And so, you know, we work very hard. We nurse a nurse's salary where we fall into the um, ecosystem of healthcare. We're rolled up in a, in a room charge. So nurses haven't always had the power within a healthcare system to really speak up and to be li- heard. We do a lot, of the, a lot of the heavy lifting, but we just, you know, our voices would only go so far. So I think during the pandemic, when our presence was, so needed and so visible because you had people sick by the groves. I mean, we had never seen this many people sick at one time. And, you know, there aren't enough doctors to take care of all those people. I mean, we have nurses, we have advanced practitioner, advanced nurse practitioners that are also taking care of patients. So we started, you know, nurses are heroes, frontline healthcare workers. And, you know, it was nice to hear some of that. It was nice to finally get a pat on the shoulder, if you will, because we're kind of, we're this unsung hero mm-hmm. much of the time. And so that was great. And, you know, but we, I don't think we also realized that the pandemic would last as long as it did because we, unfortunately, we went from heroes to zeros in some places because people started to, you know, get upset with nurses because we were voicing our concerns about the need for PPE, about patient safety, about how overworked we are, where are, still are, about not having adequate breaks and mandatory overtime to care for people when we're people too. We're consumers too. So it was great to be recognized. It was very challenging and I'll say disappointing when some of that narrative changed. And I think nurses also, we got the brunt of some of the the disruption or the, when, when vaccines were coming out, you had the anti-vaxxers and people who were, had, you know, all these conspiracy theories. We had all of these conspiracy theories so people had all these conspiracy theories about the vaccine and it's bad and why would nurses push this? They're trying to kill us. And so we as nurses, as the frontline healthcare workers also got the brunts from the public who were unhappy about those things. So it was, very, it was a very challenging time, especially during the peak of the pandemic. Now, while the pandemic, obviously we're in a lot better space, I think when, especially when you get to the politics, now we're trying to navigate the waters of, you know, now that we've learned all of these things, how do we create a workplace that is healthy for us because we've seen the bad, we've seen the ugly, we don't want to get back there. And I'm hopeful that healthcare administrators are listening to us, but it takes nurses to speak up about it. And that could be very challenging. So we've, I've had several discussions with our nurse.org family about how to speak up. What are the proper steps to work with leadership and management to move things forward when you're trying to make change in your work environment. I love that. I mean, a big conversation that comes up is just burnout in general and just understanding what you all go through. Like from an outsider, an outsider's perspective, I'm just like, I don't know how you all do it. I don't. So there, there has to be a way to combat like burning out because if it is your life's work, we want you to keep doing it and and have an incentive and a reason to continue caring 
you know, for all of the page, all of our patients. But the question of who's caring for the people who are caring for them comes up. Right. And honestly, especially during the pandemic, we didn't do a great job at caring for ourselves because many nurses are selfless. Like we're got to take care of other people. We were going in and taking care of other people, but eventually many of us got sick as well. And so that was a trying time because we would tell the patients, okay, you got to stay home for, you know, 10 to 14 days, do this, this and that. But when we would get sick, it would shorten the workforce and then make it difficult to care for the public. So when it came to our own personal care, sometimes we weren't able to take that full 10, 14 days and you know, had to come back to work sooner than ideal. So I think that, that contributed a lot to burnout and just the sheer volume of patients. And it was just like constant, 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 constant. And it wasn't just having patients like, as, you know, but very sick patients on top of that. And you had many nurses who maybe don't work emergency room or don't work critical care, but work in, still work in the hospital, but they then had to learn how to work a ventilator and how to do all these things. So it was very, you know, high risk for some areas because we were thrusted into a place where we had to learn quickly. It's, we were fighting like this invisible man because we didn't know what we were dealing with at the top of the pandemic. You know, how do you treat COVID? How do, you know, there weren't really any medications. We were just trying to do our best. And it has led to a lot of stress and burnout. You've had some nurses leave the bedside, unfortunately, uh, which is why it's really important that now that we've seen all of this, to prevent further mass exodus and to encourage people to still continue their nursing journey, we got to work on how to create an, a work environment that is balanced, where you can take care of people, but then you can also make sure that you're still taking care of yourself. Yeah, I totally agree. Do you have any, well, you must have some insight into like, how is, you know, the idea of a new normal? I can't believe how long COVID has lasted. And it, as much as we would like the pandemic to be over, it's, you know, not necessarily over just yet, but like, are you seeing things becoming more normalized? Is it is it a new normal? Is it going back to the old normal? Like, how would you gauge just based on your experience in yeah. the hospital, I guess? Well, in the hospital, I think we're definitely at a new normal. Wearing masks in the hospital is at 20, you know, all of the time is something new. Before the pandemic, we would wear a mask when we would come in contact with someone who had, a, you know, a droplet or airborne condition. So we didn't necessarily wear masks all the time when we take care of patients. So if someone came in because they had a heart attack or a stroke, we, they weren't considered infectious. So we wouldn't necessarily wear a mask. So one of the new normals is always wearing masks and having a fair amount of PPE available on hand. That must, that's a must now, that's new. And then how, we, how patients and family are allowed to enter into the hospitals is something different. You know, it used to be your, you could have your family member, a visitor come be with you all day, sometimes stay overnight. Now, even though patients at some places they can have visitors, there are so many places where patients still can't have visitors. If someone's going to the emergency, you're taking your husband to the emergency room, your husband goes in, you wait outside. And so that's something that's new and you know, I that's very been very disruptive to some of the healing process because it's we it's very important to have a good support system. And while nurses, we're we are an extension of we're like your new family when you come in. We're taking care of you, we're part of your new family, but we always like when there's a family member or friend to show support for someone. So that's been, you know, something that's new. And I'll just say this, working in a pandemic, um, when people absolutely were not allowed in there, and I worked in ICU and ER, I saw a lot of deaths. And it was very sad that I would often get on my personal cell phone and try to FaceTime with families during those times because they were not, they were not allowed to come in to see their loved ones. So 
once you've been exposed to that much death and you know all of that chaos, it's really changed the way we think and handle patients coming in. So we treat everyone as a potential COVID carrier, um, which you know sometimes it can make you know feel offensive that someone's like like putting masks and gowns or coming in the room, like in all of this. You're like, I'm not dirty. Why? I'm fine. But you don't know. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. You know, definitely a new normal in the hospital, um, how how we funnel patients in the hospital, how we prepare for surgeries and things like that. There's definitely a new normal in the hospital. I would say now that in this, right now where we stand with the pandemic, while things are better, it's not gone. While things are better than what they once were, we also, we have a readiness plan. Because we anticipate that in the fall that we will see another spike in numbers. And especially with Omicron variants still mutating, um, it's unpredictable. You know, we, we can't necessarily predict. So at many of the places that I work, we still have outdoor tents up, ready to go. We still see patients out there. Just last night, I took care of a patient, two patients who were COVID positive. So it's definitely still out there. But I think the public is tired. <laughs> they're trying to no, oh, very. <laughs> so, but we just still got to be diligent about it. We still got to be diligent about it and continue to um, educate the public about it, even though it's the last thing they want to hear because they want to get back to normal life. But I don't think that they're we're ever going to really get back to normal like we were pre-COVID. Everything has changed. I want to ask because I love asking our guests basically in your career, have you, you have learned lessons that other people could glean some value out of. And when you think about young girls or women entering their professional journey, like, are there any challenges that you think you could help them overcome? Or I like to think of it as like a hopscotch. Is there any problem that you faced that you're like, oh, I know how to not face that again and help somebody else not have that same problem? Well, I think whenever you're entering into a profession, you know, many of us, we enter entry level. But obviously, we, we know that there is room for growth. Many of us will aspire to have a certain position. So for example, let's say I want to be a chief nursing officer at a hospital, right? Um, you enter in as a bedside nurse. And so I think what's what's important is first, you know, follow your passion, do and work in the areas that you love working in and that are supportive of you. Where you work play, can really make or break some of your career decisions. And so what I, and some people can go and work somewhere and while they're working, obviously you know, we need to work, we have to pay our bills. But in order to grow in advance, I want people to, let go of the notion that you have to grow in the same environment where you started and to be free, feel free to move along around the cabin. So as we advance, you know, going back to school is going to be important because you need to equip yourself with knowledge, surround yourself with people who are in positions that you would like to be. You need to network with those people. Don't be afraid to reach out to mentors, but when you get that lesson and you're ready to advance, look for those opportunities. If it's not available where you are, don't be afraid to go where it is. That's one thing I really want people to know because when an opportunity is not available where you work, it stunts people's growth. And I want you to know that where you work, although you might like it and it's a cool place to be, it's not the end of the world. If you go somewhere else, you can definitely go to another unit with the position that you like, learn from there, and maybe even come back to your hospital in that position. But don't be afraid to grow or let, allow your growth to be stunted because an opportunity is not available in your immediate work. I love that. You know, something that comes up to, for me, kind of tangent, tangential, but is the idea when people don't like their job, like if you're not 
happy in the situation that you're in and maybe there's not an opportunity for you. The advice that I was given and now I also give out is even though you're unhappy in that particular job, do it better. Like do it the best that you possibly can so that when you are ready to move on, like you've basically made the case of like, look at how I am outgrowing this position instead of having that like appearance of, oh, she's not, you know, unhappy. If you're unhappy, it kind of shows in the work that you do. So doubling down. Yeah, own, own it. Own the position. And you're right. I like that you said that. Sometimes we are unhappy with where we work. It's important for us to do an assessment. Have I have I learned everything here? Have I mastered everything? Have I done it with style and grace and to, you know, the best that I possibly could? And I, I think many of us will find that when we kind of get in that uncomfortable space or that itch where oh, I want to leave, we may notice that there are some things that I could do better here. So I agree with that. Make the most of whatever position you're in. So like you said, make the case that, you know what, I am prepared and ready for the next level and you can objectively demonstrate that. And, you know, and if that position isn't available at your particular workplace, then you can, you know, you've mastered everything there, then you can not feel bad that you are going somewhere else to grow. I love that. Well, Nurse Alice, where will people find you if they want to look you up on social media or connect with you online or go to your website? Where would you direct them? Yes. So I do have a website and all my social media, it's all the same. So Ask Nurse Alice. So my website is asknursealice.com and all of my socials are Ask Nurse Alice. So you can definitely find me there and find the things that I'm doing some in nursing, but a lot of what I'm doing in the community, catching on television and all of the other things. I also have a podcast called the Ask Nurse Alice podcast. And then also for my healthcare professionals, for my nurses, I am as a chief nursing officer at nurse.org. I have tons of articles as well on nurse.org. If you're looking to grow in your profession, not sure what you want to do in nursing or how, you know, anything nursing related, you can find me on nurse.org. But yeah, and then And then I'll say this, if you reach out to me on social, I promise you I'm going to respond to you and it's me responding to you. And I welcome anyone to ask me questions. I'm always here to help and happy to help the next person, you know, advance and do better. Thank you so much. It has been a real pleasure talking with you. And I feel like I have learned and I'm excited to share with our audience. So I appreciate you coming on. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for listening. You can learn more about us or this guest by going to our website or visiting us on any of the socials with the handle hit like a girl pod. Thanks again. See you soon.